Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Before I get into my message, I want to remind you that several years ago, I preached a message titled, What About Political Prophecies? And I preached it just after the 2020 election for president was, was concluded. And back at that time, uh, there were so many false prophecies going around as to who was going to win the election. And it brought so much confusion to the body of Christ that the Lord directed me at that time to preach uh, the message that I preached, what about political prophecies? And so um, this being a presidential election year, no doubt there'll be you know, political prophecies going around again. And as I said, those uh, they, they just bring so much confusion to the body of Christ that, that, hey, I'd like to encourage you to listen to that message that I preached from several years ago. It's available to you. It's, it's in a link uh, that's in the, in the description of this message. Uh, and you can watch it on YouTube or Facebook or on our sermon player. And all you have to do is go to the description of this message and click on that link and it'll take you right to that message. Uh, now that message is in audio only. So uh, there'll just be a picture of me there. I won't be moving around like I am here. Just be a picture of me. And, uh, um, and But it's audio, just be audio only. But I'd encourage you to listen to that. I think it would be very helpful to you as it pertains to the subject of what about political prophecies, okay? So with that being said, let's get into the message for today. Go uh, in your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to John the 14th chapter, John the 14th chapter and the 15th verse. John chapter 14 and verse 15. The New King James Version uh, says, says this, Jesus makes this statement and he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, the Amplified Classic version puts it this way. If you really love me, Jesus said, if you really love me, you will uh, keep or obey my commands. Now, what I want to talk to you about over the next several weeks is the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments. And, you know, keeping the Ten Commandments is the test, it's the test to see if we really love Jesus. It's the test. I'm going to emphasize that. Keeping the Ten Commandments is the test to see whether or not we really love Jesus. Because he, he said, if you really love me, Jesus said this. He said, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. So the test to see if we really love Jesus is, are we keeping the Ten Commandments? I know in my life, over the many years, I, you know, I'll go, I'll go to the Lord. I'll say, oh, Lord, I love you. I, just, I love you, Lord. But right in, in him, right down in my heart, I'm talking about my spirit. Right down here, I I know there's something in my life that that's there that shouldn't be there. There's some area where I'm violating his commandments, and uh, and and I go, oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, I love you. But all all the time, this this verse right here is is coming to me 
where he said, if, if you love me, if you really love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so there's been several occasions over the years where, oh, Lord, where I've done this, oh, as I've said, I'll repeat it. Oh, Lord Jesus, oh, I love you so. Oh, Heavenly Father, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. And when I'm doing that, right on the inside, I know that there's some area that, that, that I'm violating his commandments. And, uh, and this verse, again, it comes to me. And, and if you really, you know, I think to myself, well, if I really love the Lord, I'll keep his, I'll be keeping his commandments. So I've had to repent. I've had to repent of whatever that is in my life that, where I was violating his, one of his commandments and repent. And I'd confess that sin to him. He's faithful and just to forgive us. Uh, you know, from all unrighteousness. And then, and then, you know, I'd straighten myself up in that area. And then, you know, oh, I love you, Lord Jesus. And, and, and that's great. And the proof, the proof, the test, the proof that I really love him is that I'm walking according to his commandments. Absolutely. And I've watched as a pastor, I've watched oodles and gobs. You know what I mean when I say oodles and gobs? That means a whole bunch. I've watched oodles and gobs of Christians over the many, many years. Now, they're born again. That's why they're a Christian. They've, they, they love Jesus. They've received... Well, <laughs> well, I'm glad I said it that way. Listen, they're born again. They, they believed on the Lord Jesus. Absolutely. They're Christians. They're going to heaven when they die. Okay? But I've listened to them and they'll say, just like me, like the example I just gave you of me, they'll say, I'll hear him say, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you, Lord God. Oh, Heavenly Father. And they'll be going on and on like that. And all the time, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's evident, it's clear that they're, that they're breaking one or more of the, of the Ten Commandments. It's, it's, it's very clear. I mean, I think of the one guy, the one church member of mine many years ago, I've shared this story before, but it, it fits right in here that, uh, you know, I, he was in church on Sunday and he's, you know, had his eyes closed and was worshiping the Lord. And I heard him say, Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And then later on that week, I was in a, I was in, uh, the Lowe's, the depart, the, the, uh, hardware store Lowe's, L-O-W-E-S, as in Lowe's here in, in Fenton. And I was in there getting something or other, something we needed at the house or whatever. And, and, and I hear this, this man, uh, uh, chewing out and using unsavory language, one of the uh, clerks there at, at Lowe's. And I thought that voice sounded familiar, but I didn't quite recognize it. And then I went to, I peeked around the corner and there was this church member of mine who just a few days before on Sunday was, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. And now, now that same church member is in Lowe's just a few days later cussing out the clerk. <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, does he really love Jesus? I mean, he's not keeping the Ten Commandments. He's not, you know, he's, he's not. And we will see that as we go here in this series. Uh, but yet he's telling, he's telling Jesus on Sunday that he loves him. But, but uh, later in the week, you know, on Wednesday or whatever day it was, he's in cussing out to Clark. Now, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So that, it, it, that showed me that that guy doesn't really love Jesus. Come on now. Now this, I, I don't want to be too hard on that guy. You know, <laughs> I don't want to be too hard on anybody. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I've seen noodles and gobs of Christians 
And again, they're Christians. They're born again. They're going to heaven, all right? That guy that I'm telling you about, he's going to heaven. Yes, he's he born again. But see, I keep wanting to say, well, he loved Jesus. But if he loved Jesus, would he be in there cussing out the clerk? Come on now, this is getting right down where we all live. Come on, do we really love Jesus? If we really love him, we'll keep his commandments. We'll be keeping the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. And so I've seen noodles and gobs of Christians who say they love Jesus, telling Jesus that they love him, telling the Heavenly Father that they love him, telling the Holy Spirit that they love him, you know, the Trinity, telling the Trinity, I love you, Heavenly Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. You know, and on and on. But all the time they're breaking, they're breaking the commandments. Now, do they really love Jesus? Not according to Jesus, they don't. Okay, so this is a very sobering thing that we all need to think about because if we really love Jesus, we will keep his commandments. And, uh, and his commandments, you know, that yes, the Ten Commandments. Now, now listen to me as I go along here. There's, there's much I have to say about this, but I do want to throw this in right here. The Ten Commandments have been all but banned in the public square here in the United States of America, and they certainly have been thrown out of the public school system. Sad to say. And then we wonder, we wonder why we have all the mass shootings in the United States of America. Well, I tell you what, I think, I think the reason at the top of the list is that the Ten Commandments has been thrown out of the public school system. God was thrown out of the public school system. And you know, uh, when God, le- he's a gentleman, when they told him to get out, he left. And uh, But when, but the, here's the thing, when he left, light left with him because God is light. And all that remains in so much of the public school system is, is darkness. I know what I'm talking about because I taught in it for many, many years. I remember remember when I was a kid growing up, we didn't have to have, you know, big fences around the school. We didn't have to have police officers sitting in the parking lot and inside the building. We didn't, we didn't have to have, you know, locked, barricaded doors. We didn't have shooter drills. I mean, something has definitely gone wrong in this nation over the last couple of decades, absolutely. And I think the thing, now there are several reasons we could give, but I think you can put at the top of the list, we threw out the Ten Commandments. Huh? Come on. And we threw God. I didn't do it, but but the powers that be threw God out and and threw out the Ten Commandments. And uh, one of those commandments says, as we'll see as we go through the next couple of weeks, you know, that we, sh- we thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder. Absolutely. And but you see a generation, actually, I think more than a generation of, of, of young people, have, you know, has been lost because of the godlessness that's, that, that has infiltrated the public school system. You know, back, you go way on back, back in the history of the United States, uh, the Bible used to be used to teach little kids to read. <laughs> you know, you know as well as I do, that's not going to happen in the public school system in this hour. And uh, anyway, so it, it's, it's very sad, but the Ten Commandments, something we ought to focus in on, and that's what we're going to do. That's what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to focus in on over the next several weeks. Now, we understand from reading the New Testament uh, that the entirety of the Ten Commandments are summarized in one word, 
and that word is love. In the Greek, it's agape, it's unconditional love, the God kind of love. Uh, you know, the Bible says that God is love. It, it, it didn't say he has love, it said he is love. Now, of course, he has love, but he is love. Agape is the Greek word, unconditional love. God is love. So if you want to sum up all the Ten Commandments in one word, it would be love. If you look at Matthew 22, verse 36, Jesus was asked, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six. 36, someone said to him, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, which, which is what? Loving the Lord God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, everything that we have, loving God. And the second is like it, you shall love, see there's that word again, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So what did Jesus just really tell us there? He said that the, the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments are all summarized in that one word, love. Loving God with everything that we have, with all of our might, all of our being, everything. Loving God and then loving our neighbor as ourself. And you know, if you, if you, if you really love God and you love your neighbor as yourself, you won't violate any one of those Ten Commandments. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, if you really love me, you won't steal from me. If you really love me, you won't murder me. Huh? You know, if you really love me, you won't tell lies on me or about me. Right? You know, of the Ten Commandments, if you look at it, the first four, and we'll get, we'll list them here in a moment for you, but the first four have to do with our love for God, and the last six have to do with our love for others, for our neighbors. Now, uh, let me make something very clear right here at the outset of this series. I want to talk for a moment about the Ten Commandments and salvation. I'm talking going to heaven when you die, okay? Salvation. How, how, do, how do the Ten Commandments play into that? Because a while ago I was talking about, you know, that let's talk about that guy that was in at Lowe's, okay? You know, now he was telling Jesus on Sunday that he loved him, but like on Wednesday he's in there cussing out the clerk. Now he shouldn't have been doing that. He's telling Jesus he loves him on Sunday, cussing out the clerk on Wednesday, you know, well, that guy was clearly breaking a commandment in there. But yet I happen to know that that man really believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. You know, he was he was doing something, though, that he shouldn't have been doing. And uh, uh, so so the, the now, now is he is he expressing is he really showing that he loves Jesus when he's cussing out the clerk? No. But yet I'm confident if that man were to die, he he, he would he would have went to heaven. Now, I know some people would argue with me on that, but heaven's a free gift. It really is. It's, it's a free gift by placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I happen to know that man I'm telling you about. You know, he's, he, he, he's 
from my experience with him, he's, he's a good man. He was having a moment where he, he, he was yielding to his flesh and he was acting like he shouldn't have been in there at Lowe's. But I'm quite confident if he were to have fell down dead, even while he was cussing out the clerk, he'd have went to heaven. Now, Jesus would have had some things to say to him, I'm sure, <laughs> about that at the, you know. But, but nonetheless, he, 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 he was saved. He didn't lose his salvation is what I'm trying to say here because he broke a commandment. And so when, you know, I need to say some things about the Ten Commandments in salvation and listen carefully. We must understand that keeping the Ten Commandments does not, cannot, and will not save us. The Bible is clear on that. I want to say this again so nobody misunderstands me. We must understand that keeping the Ten Commandments does not, cannot, and will not save us. Romans 3.20 Romans 3.20, just one verse on this, but it's maybe the clearest, most powerful verse on the subject. Romans 3.20 says this, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. In, in other words, by keeping the law, no human being will be justified in the sight of God. So that just told us that, that you know, that, that, that keeping the Ten Commandments will not, cannot, does not save us. And, uh, and, and, and we need to remember that. There's a lot of people that they endeavor, and God bless them. I mean, they endeavor to keep the Ten Commandments. And, and again, God bless them. They endeavor to keep the Ten Commandments, but they die and they go to hell. And, and, and they're very moral people. Is this one of the most tragic things that I could, could ever say? But it's so true. They're moral people. They, 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 they endeavor to keep the, the Ten Commandments. They endeavor to be honest and, and tell the truth and all of, all of that. And they die and go to hell. Why is that? Because they never trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, and I could teach for hours on this, but no one is is capable of keeping the Ten Commandments without without ever blundering. There's only one human being that's ever done that, and that's Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of the living God. He was tempted in all points as we are, and in every point of those Ten Commandments, he was, and in every way, he was te- he was tempted. He never sinned. He never missed it one time. And, and he's the only one that's ever done that and, and could do that. Uh, now, he was tempted, and those temptations were legitimate, but he, he, he never yielded to them. Thank God. Glory to God. But you see, he was born of a virgin, and, and so the sin nature wasn't in him. I'm not saying it was easy for him to resist the temptations. I mean, there in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was sweating, as it were, drops of blood to keep his will lined up with the will of the Father. But But you see, we all... You know, I'm talking about everybody other than Jesus has the sin nature in in them that came down from Adam and Eve. And, and you know, we're, we're all going to miss it because of that. We're all going to sin. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible also says if you like if you miss like of the Ten Commandments and if you miss, let's say you keep nine of them, but you miss one, you mess up in one on one of them. The Bible says you're guilty, guilty of the other nine as well. So, so, you know, but, but I've watched people try to keep those commandments 
and 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 they're moral people and they die and go to hell because because they can, nobody can keep all of them perfectly like i said jesus is the only one that did that and uh or, or could have done that as thank god he came and bore our our sin and the punishment for our sin as i preached on last week and when we receive him we get forgiven praise god forevermore and i preached to you on that last last week but uh but you know uh, yeah, I watch people try to keep the Ten Commandments, and, and nobody's able to keep all of them anyway. And 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 but but see what happens is they trust in their good works, and they trust in their moral life, and they die and they go to hell. It's so sad, and that needs to be preached to people. People need to know know that yeah, and we'll say more about this as we go. You keep the Ten Commandments, all right, but they won't save you. They won't save you. They can't. They can't. The Bible said, "By the deeds of the law, no flesh." will be declared righteous or justified in God's sight. So you need to understand that. Don't misunderstand me. I'm, I'm telling you, we need to keep the Ten Commandments, but I'm clearly telling you that keeping the Ten Commandments won't save you, cannot save you, will not save you. You need to understand uh, that, that my position on that and what the Bible teaches. Now look at 1 John 3.23. Look at this. I, this is a wonderful verse here. 1 John 3.23, and this is his commandment. Now, this is God's commandment. So he's he's summing things up here. We've got the Ten Commandments. That's what we're going to be talking about over the next today and over the next weeks. But, but, but this is kind of an introduction here at, right at the beginning. This is God's commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, that verse is so powerful because, watch this, 1 John 3, 23, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. See, there's salvation. There's salvation. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Now, when we're loving one another, you see, that's keeping the, the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. Absolutely, because because keeping the Ten Commandments, as I've already said, is summarized in that one word, love. Okay, and Jesus told it, told us so, and we read that read read those verses on that. So this is His commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son Jesus Christ. That's salvation right there. Okay, and love one another as He gave us commandment. There you have the keeping of the Ten Commandments. What it, put it in my own words? Here's what what the Bible is saying: that we ought to believe on the on the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved, and that's where salvation that's where salvation is sealed right there, sealed S E A L E D. That's where it's sealed right there when we believe on the name of, of Jesus Christ and receive Him as our Savior. Believe on Him. That's where salvation. That's where salvation is right there. Period. But then. Uh, we go on from that then and we, you know, with that salvation in our heart, then we love one another or we keep God's commandments. That's what this is saying, this verse, is to believe on Jesus and get saved and then keep the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. See, that guy in Lowe's that I've been telling you about, see, he believed on the name of, of Jesus. I talked to him on, on many occasions. No question, he, he believed on Jesus. Absolutely, from his heart. Not, not, see, I've talked to many people over the years. They believe on Jesus from their head. 
and they're not saved. They just have had a mental experience. But this man had a heart experience. He, 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 I mean, when I first met him, I kind of questioned it. But as I got to know him over the years, there's no question he had a heart a heart experience with Jesus. He got saved. He really was saved. But he didn't always, he didn't always live as, as he should. And, and, and I'm not condoning that. But, but, you know, he'd get over in the flesh and miss it. And, 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 but, you know, let's don't be too hard on him. So have I, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and, and I've seen a lot of Christians, including myself, that don't always act saved. <laughs> uh, how about you? Have you always acted saved? If you know Jesus as your savior, have you always acted saved every, all the time? No, you're in the same sh- shape. Everybody else is, including me. We've all missed it. Even after we got saved. Thank God we can repent and, and it, you know, we need to repent when we miss it and confess those sins and, and, and the Lord will forgive us and then we need to straighten ourselves up, repent and live right, you see. But anyway, so that guy at Lowe's, he's saved all right, but he just wasn't acting right at the time. And, and, and you could, you can definitely say, does he really love Jesus? Well, if you really love, this is a, t- this is really a, t- a test. If you really love Jesus, what are you going to be doing? Keeping his commandments. Huh? Think about it. So the next time you, I pray God, the next time that you go, oh, I love Jesus, that this sermon comes back to you. And you think about, well, well now, do I really love Jesus? Well, let's see, am I living, am I living according to the Ten Commandments? Am I, huh? Am, am I walking in love towards, towards people? Huh? Because if you really love, love Him, uh, it, 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 you'll be keeping the Ten Commandments. I think about all the gossips that I met over the years pastoring the church. And I had a lot of good people at my church, but I had some that were just, oh man, just like any pastor has, gossipy and backbiters and this and that. And, but they'll come in on Sunday and raise their hand. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. And then they'll go right out to the restaurant afterwards and talk about me and everybody and their brother. You know, I, 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 I it's just, it just amuses me. But it, but it's sad. It's it's tragic because do they really love Jesus? And I'm talking about people that are truly saved. They believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They, they really do. But but they they yield to their flesh and they don't keep the commandments. So I hey, they don't they don't love Jesus. Because if they loved Jesus, they, they wouldn't be talking about other folks badly. Uh, something else, you know, the, the Bible calls Christians the body of Christ. It's interesting. I've watched Christians over the years that the, they would never say anything bad about Jesus, but they'd talk bad about their, their brother in the Lord or their sister in the Lord. And they don't realize that when they're talking bad about their brother or their sister in the Lord, they're really talking bad about Jesus because we're all members of his body. Oh boy, I tell you, get a revelation of these things. It'll straighten it. It'll straighten, it'll straighten your tongue up real fast when you go to talking about somebody badly. So anyway, but, but, so we need to believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. There's where salvation is and love one another as he gave us commandment, which is another way of saying, Keep the Ten Commandments. So believe on Jesus and get saved and then keep the Ten Commandments. Live right, okay? The living right won't save you. It's the believing on Jesus that saves you. But then he said we need to, we need to walk in love or keep the Ten Commandments, okay? You know, I, th- I think I, I see in my notes here I have the rich young ruler. That was that young man that came up to Jesus, you know, and asked him what he had to do to inherit eternal life. And you can read it in the Bible there, you know. But it's interesting, this, this young man, and it fits right in with what I was saying a while ago, he 
had a, he had quite a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ when Jesus was here in his earthly ministry some 2,000 years ago. But this rich young ruler, he really did endeavor to keep the Ten Commandments. He really did. He endeavored. You know, he was a good, moral young man. No question about it. But but when, when you look at the story and get right down to it, he thought, the rich young ruler thought he had kept all ten of them, really, when you get right down to it. He, he's all, he, I kept them all, essentially, is what he said. And Jesus was pointed out to him in a loving way as, as Jesus, he's so loving. He pointed out to him he, that, that that young man hadn't even kept the first commandment because he had put money ahead of God. huh? And think about it, this young man, he was keeping the commandments, but guess what? He didn't follow Jesus, did he? Nope, nope, he didn't. And so he, wa- he walked away with all his money and keeping the commandments on his way to hell. Isn't that sad? Absolutely just is a good example of what I was just talking to you about. Uh, somebody keeping the commandments, but not following Jesus. See, that's why his commandment is that we believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. See, that rich young ruler only saw Jesus as a good teacher. Now, you got to see Jesus. Now, Jesus is the best teacher, but you got to see him as more than that or just a prophet. Jesus is the, he is the prophet. You know, you, know, you got to see Jesus more than just a, a prophet or a good man or a, or a holy man or a, 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 a good teacher. You got to see him as God because he is God in the flesh. And that rich young ruler, he kept, he was keeping, he was endeavoring to keep the commandments even though he hadn't kept the first one, but he walked away from Jesus. And unless he repented somewhere after that, he died and went to hell. Unless he repented, and I don't know about it. Think about that. You see, being saved, see, keeping, now listen, this is a good statement I'm about to make. I hope all the statements I've been making have been good, but, but this is really good. Think about this. Keeping the Ten Commandments does not save us, but getting saved empowers us to keep the Ten Commandments. See, most people have this statement I just made backwards. Most people, you go to Walmart, Kmart, Target, it don't matter where you go. Go, go, to, a, go to a stadium, Bush Stadium or Candlestick Park or wherever they had the Super Bowl last week, wherever, go to whatever, Arrowhead Stadium, wherever it was, Las Vegas Stadium, it don't matter. And just start asking people, and just randomly, you know, what do you have to do to go to heaven? Most people say, you know, well, be a good person, or that's another way of saying keep the Ten Commandments. Well, be a good person, and and see, they got this statement just backwards. A lot of people think, well, keep the commandments, and you'll be saved, and and that don't that's not right, because as I've said, nobody can nobody can do it. Jesus is the only one that, that was able to do that. They got it backwards. People will say, well, be a good person, keep the Ten Commandments, go to heaven. That's what most people will tell you. But that's backwards. Study the Bible. You believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. That gets you saved. And then that salvation on the inside of you empowers you to keep the Ten Commandments. Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And somebody says, well, we're not under law, Pastor Terry. We're under grace. I don't even know why you're teaching on the Ten Commandments because we're not under law. We're under grace. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Look at Titus chapter 2. And I could preach for an hour on this, just this one subject. But Titus chapter 2 verse 11 in the Amplified Classic Version says, For the grace of God. His unmerited favor and blessing has uh, come forward, appeared for the deliverance, 
for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. It, talking about God's grace, has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness, irreligion, and worldly passionate desires to live discreet, temperate, self-controlled, upright, devout, spiritually whole lives in this present world. See, we're not under law, we're under grace. Well, that's true. We're not under law, we're under grace. But you see, under the law, they endeavored to keep the law, but they couldn't because of the sin nature. But here in the New Testament, in which where we live, you see, we're under grace and we receive God's grace when we receive Jesus. And when we receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit causes that new birth in our spirits and we become new creations in Christ Jesus. And because we're new creations in Christ Jesus, that grace changes us. And the Bible talks about the old man and the new man. Well, we become a new person in Christ. And that grace of God that hits our spirit and, and the, the, the power of the Holy Ghost hits our spirit when we, when we, when we receive Jesus and we get born again. And, and then that, that, that the, as a new person in Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit, then we're empowered to keep the Ten Commandments. Glory to God. So you see, when somebody says we're not under law, we're under grace, well, that's the truth. But that doesn't mean that we don't keep the Ten Commandments. That doesn't mean that at all. Jesus didn't come. He said himself he didn't come to, to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And he did. And I could preach on that for a long time too. But what you need to understand, true, we're not under law, we're under grace. But under grace, we have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to keep the Ten Commandments. But again, don't get it. I just feel impressed to say this. Don't get this backwards. A lot of, I said it before, but I want to say it again. A lot of people will say, keep the Ten Commandments and be saved. No, the truth is just the reverse. You get saved through faith in Jesus, and then that empowers you to keep the Ten Commandments. Glory to God. Now, hey, hey, here's another... Here's another good statement. I, I like this. 1 John 3, 22. 1 John 3, 22. And I like all of this. But, I, but here, 1 John 3, 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Now, this is to all the people that pray out there. And I hope you do. I hope you're a person of prayer. 1 John 3, 22. How do the Ten Commandments, what do they have to do with, with our prayer life? Well, you know, as if somebody says, well, we don't we don't have to keep the Ten Commandments anymore. Well, <laughs> who said actually, and I don't have this in my notes, but it, I remember it from another sermon I preached some years ago. You can go into the New Testament and, and, and you can go into starting in the book of Romans. All, you got Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, but just start in the book of Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, but just start in the book of Romans. And go through all the epistles, all the way down through the book of Revelation. And just in those epistles, you can, you can establish that every one of the Ten Commandments is still for us and required by, by God for us to keep today. Absolutely, you can preach the Ten Commandments. And, and I'll do that as we go right out of the New Testament letters. Absolutely. But remember those Ten Commandments, I just said it, it keeping them won't save you. Okay. But once you're saved, then you can keep them. <laughs> Glory to God. But, but for all you prayers out there, watch this. 1 John 3, 22. Whatever we ask, we receive from him, from God. Why? Because we keep his commandments. 
and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I tell you what, if you want your prayer life hindered, you just start living uh, living out, out of line with those Ten Commandments. You just start not walking in love towards people. And I tell you what, it, that will hinder your prayer life just as quick as anything. You know, like I go back to that guy at Lowe's, you know. Now, now you know, he's born again, all right. But I, 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 know, I know the man. His prayer life greatly hindered by being in there cussing out that clerk. I'm not condoning what he did. Somebody wants to know, well, did I, did I go over and say anything to him when I, well, I just slipped out and went, went, went my way. I, I was a bit younger then. I didn't want to embarrass the man. I, you know, when the pastor walks up, <laughs> put my arm around him. I, I didn't do that. I, I don't know. I might do something different today, but, but I didn't, I didn't confront the situation. What for, for better or worse, I didn't. But uh, but that man, one thing's for sure, he may go to heaven when he dies, all right, because he had has faith in Jesus, for real faith, you know, not just a mental experience. But but he, he you know he didn't have he didn't have any any kind of a prayer life. I can tell you that, and I can talk about it because nobody knows who I'm talking about. So I would never do anything to embarrass anyone. But uh, uh, unless that guy's listening to me now, and if you are, hi hi there. <laughs> Hope you're not cussing out any more clerks. But anyway, uh, I shouldn't chuckle about it. But uh, but if you want your prayer life hindered, you just walk out, out of line with those Ten Commandments. Because, see, whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Why? Because we keep His commandments. What's His commandment? To believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to love one another as, he, as He's kept... as as He has given us commandment. And when He says love one another, that's another way of saying that we need to keep the Ten Commandments because if you're walking in love, you're going to keep the Ten Commandments, okay? But if you want your prayer life to be really all it can be and you're in a position where you're receiving answers to your prayers, you better be someone that keeps His commandments. Absolutely, absolutely the truth. Now, if you go to Exodus 20, I'm going to list the Ten Commandments and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the first two of them today. And then we'll continue, you know, with numbers three through 10 over the next several weeks. But look at Exodus 20, uh, right there in the first verse. Let me just list them. And then we'll, like I said, get into the first two. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make unto thee any graven images. You'll not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now, those first four have to do with our, our, our love for God towards him loving god and then these next six have to do with with our fellow man honor your father and your mother number five number six thou shalt not kill actually thou shalt not murder thou shalt not commit adultery thou shalt not steal thou shalt not bear false witness thou shalt not covet and there's the ten and we'll delve down into these as as we go um I do want to say this right now. If you look at 1 John 5, verse 3, 1 John 5, verse 3 in the New International Version, because there's thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. And I've had people come to me over the years and say, well, pastor, just seems like God doesn't hardly want us to. I mean, he's always thou shalt notting us, you know, and and you need to realize that the thou shalt nots are not there to bind us up, but they're there to set us free and keep us free. You understand that? 
And look at 1 John 5, 3 in the NIV. This is, uh, this is love for God. Now, keeping his, if we really love him, we'll keep his commandments. This is love for God to obey his commands. Well, there it is again. This is love for God to obey his commands. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Are you keeping the Ten Commandments? And then it says, and his commands are not burdensome. So you see, his commands aren't there to bind us up. His commands are there to to set us free and keep us free. Glory to God. So remember that. Now, with that in mind, let's look at the, um, the first two commandments here in the time that I have left. Exodus 20, verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. So you see, the first commandment and the second commandment are basically saying, basically saying the same thing. And really what they have to do is idolatry, staying out of idolatry. Uh, we'll have no other gods before God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, no other gods before him. And, and, you know, no graven images that we would make and bow down. Those first two really are the same. It's keeping God first, not letting anything get up ahead of God in our lives. It's about staying out of idolatry. Anytime you put something ahead of God, it's become an idol in your life. Look at 1 John 5, 21. Look at 1 John 5, 21. It's interesting, John ends his first epistle with a plea to God's children. We're all the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So I think it's interesting that the last thing he said in his epistle is he says, little children, he's talking to people who have placed their faith in Jesus. Somebody said, oh, we're all the children of God. No, we're not. You're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil, one or the other. How do you become a child of God? You repent of your sins and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. That's how you become a child of God. God translates you out of the kingdom of darkness and over into the kingdom of light. Okay. Now, 1 John 5, 21 in the Amplified Classic says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Think about that. It's been a problem all along. These people violating these first two commandments and not just, just sinners, you know, people, worldly sinners, but Christians. Christians, oh, oh, I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> I've watched it up close and personal for, for, over, for, for over 40 years. Absolutely. Up close and personal, I've seen this. Christians letting all kinds of violating these first two commandments. Oh, you know, now, now, now look, now they're not in cussing out the clerk. No, I'm talking about other Christians. Now, they're not in cussing out to clerk at Lowe's, but they've let all these other things or, or one thing or however many things become more important to them than God. And they're in church, oh, I love you, Jesus, oh, I love you. But, but they've got all kinds of idols in their life. Do they really love Jesus? Well, no, they don't because they're breaking the first two commandments. Yeah, but I didn't make a totem pole and bow down to it. No, but maybe you have some other kind of pole like a golf club, huh? or a baseball bat. (laughs) Come on. Come on now. He says, keep yourselves. Now let's read this. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. 
false, keep yourselves from false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. Wow. And again, a lot of Christians I've seen up close in personal. I've had the front row seat <laughs> and I've done this myself. So I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying, oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. But uh, but golf is more important to me than God. Now, now, do I really love him? Hmm? Uh, and we could we, 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 we I mean, we, we, we could go on with this I, and I will. In just a few moments when I get to it in my notes, I don't want to get ahead of myself too much. But little children, keep yourselves from idols, from false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God, from any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. And again, a lot of Christians telling Jesus they love him, but they've got idols in their life. So they don't love him. I didn't say they weren't going to heaven. I just said they don't love the Lord. I, you know, I, I said this years ago. I've never heard anybody else say it, but but I, I said it. Probably somebody else has said it, but I, I didn't hear nobody say this. But, you know, God loves everybody equally. But everybody don't love God equally. Do you know that? You know, some people love God more than other people. Now, God loves everybody equally, but not everybody loves God the same. Some people love God more than other people. Well, if you love Jesus, are you keeping his commandments? You know, while Moses was getting the Ten Commandments up on the mountain, did you know that there was idolatry in the camp below among the Israelites? They had made a golden calf, and you can read the story there in the Old Testament, and and they bowed down and they were worshiping that golden calf for delivering them out of Egypt. Now, I just, I, I, I don't know about you, but I just can't comprehend that. I, I I don't I just I mean they they saw all the miracles of God they saw all those plagues they saw the Red Sea part they saw the fire of God holding off Pharaoh's army they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground all of that they saw when they got across Pharaoh's army come into the sea and the and the sea just drowned all those those uh, Egyptians out they saw that and it's not too long after that while Moses is up on the mountain getting these Ten Commandments, these Israelites are down at the bottom of the mountain making a golden calf and bowing down to it. Now, I just don't understand that. I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. How they could give credit to a, gold, a golden calf, the credit that God, that God deserved. I don't understand that. So don't get me started on that. <laughs> I don't understand that. I get I get angry when I think about that. You know, I'm in good company. Moses, he got angry too. And he, he threw the Ten Commandments down, didn't he? And, huh? Come on. And uh, But you know, idolatry has been a problem ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. You know, Romans, the first chapter, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, I'm just going to paraphrase here and just, just read here. Verse 23 says, for, it says, verse 24, since the creation of the world, verse 23, they changed the glory, talking about human beings, changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man 
and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. In verse 25 says, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, for the lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now, but it's been a problem all along. And the book of Romans brings it out all from the, from the time of Adam and Eve all the way down. This has been a problem. It's been a problem among, among heathens, those who don't believe on God and those who do. We've got to be careful with these first two commandments in idolatry. While we may not make our, our bow down to a statue, we must constantly be on guard that we let nothing come between us and God. Nothing. As, as soon as anything does, that thing becomes an idol and we're in violation of the first two commandments. And anything, you got to be on guard, anything can become an idol or a god, a, with G, a small g, G-O-D, can become an idol or a god to you. Anything. We have to be watchful. The Israelites did not just make an idol out of that golden calf, but they made an idol out of leisure and sport and party as well. Think about that. Do you know you can make a God out of partying? There's a lot of people have done that. They make a God out of partying. And I don't mean just, just heathens in the world, but, but I've watched Christians over the years. They get more excited about the coffee and donuts at church than they do about coming to worship Jesus. Now, <laughs> hey, I came over to your church. I heard you had you serving good, good coffee and donuts. My God help us. I'm not against coffee and donuts, but, but, but I'm for coming to church for Jesus, you know? And then after we've worshiped the Lord, then we can have the coffee and donuts later. Don't let coffee and donuts be a, become an idol or a God to you. Absolutely don't let that happen. And, uh, uh, but here in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7, see the Israelites didn't just make a God out of that golden calf. And I, as I recall, Moses had him burn that, didn't he? He had him burn that and he, he took the ashes and put it in their drinking water. Made them drink. I mean, they had it coming. They had it coming. <laughs> okay, uh, I got to be careful. I don't get over and be, get judgmental here. But, but I mean, I, I'm glad he did that. They had. Anyway, let's move on. First Corinthians ten seven Amplified Classic. Do not be worshippers of false gods as some of them were. Now this is talking about the Israelites who were worshiping the golden calf. As it is written, the people talking about those Israelites sat down to eat and drink. The sacrifices offered to the golden calf at Horeb, okay, and rose to sport, to dance and give way to jesting and hilarity. See, so they had more than just the golden calf that was an idol to them. It, it, it was the, the a, a party spirit, if you will. Um, and of course, sport. I mean, I can play off that word a little bit and and talk for a while, there was a day that golf was an idol to me. And it was more important to me than my service to God. Absolutely. And I had to get that straightened up over the years. And I've watched uh, uh, many Christians struggle in these areas with, uh, you know, whether it's the, it's the, the football team and, or, or the, the, the baseball team or, or, you know, or whatever it is, become more important. The, the little league, you know, uh, and, I, and I'm not against sports. I enjoy sports. I'm a sports enthusiast. I just say, hey, let's keep God first. Let's keep Jesus first. What do you say? 
But these people, they they had that party spirit. They had that revelry about them was more important to them than God. And the Bible just said that to us here. And then if you go to 2 Kings 18, 4, a lot of people aren't aware of this, but remember when in the in in the Old Testament, you'll see this in 2 Kings 18, 4, but in the Old Testament, remember when the people were grumbling and complaining against God and against Moses and those fiery serpents came into the camp and they were biting the, the Israelites and killing them and, and uh, God told Moses to make a bronze serpent, put it up on a pole and everyone who looked intently, not just a passing gaze, but looked intently at that bronze serpent, which was a type of, of Jesus being lifted up on the cross. You can see that in John 3. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. But anyway, anyone who gazed at that bronze serpent there, you know, uh, uh, was was delivered from the, the snake bites. But as time came and went, as many years came and went, they took that, and a lot of people don't know this, they took that bronze, the people took that bronze serpent and they gave it a name. They called it Neshtuhan, and they began worshiping that bronze serpent. See, you can make it. I mean, people can make a god an idol out of anything. They shouldn't, but so oftentimes they do. Second Kings 18.4 says, He, Hezekiah, removed the high places and broke the sacred pillars, cut down the wooden image and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called it Nehushtan. My goodness gracious. I, I just get it. it aggravates me angers me when i see see people do that but you know they do we got to all watch it including me all of us we got to be careful that we don't let anything get more important to us than god or that we start making a god out of anything or an idol out of anything but think about it that which once brought deliverance became an idol that bronze serpent which once brought deliverance the people made an idol out of it they made a god out of it you know in pastoring all these years like i said i've had a first front row seat to christians over over 40 years, and I tell you what, because I was involved with the pastor church 30, uh, 27 years and around uh, 13 years before that in another church setting and whatnot. So about 40 years of front row seat of watching Christians. And I've watched Christians make gods out of all kinds of things. Idols, that is. And, and a lot of times out of things that brings deliverance. Absolutely. Just like they made a God out of that bronze serpent. Uh, I've watched Christians make a God out of faith. Now, now, thank God for faith. We have to have faith. You can't get saved without faith. You can't please God without faith. You can't receive anything from God apart from faith. But I've watched Christians get into what's called, what I call hyper faith. And, 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 and they make a, they make a God out of it. And instead of, instead of worshiping the one who should be uh, receiving our faith, that is, instead of worshiping God, people are, you know, make a God out of faith. Now, unless you've pastored and you've watched this the, the way a lot of pastors have seen it, it's hard to understand what I just said. But, but I've watched Christians, they make a God out of faith. And, and, and faith is so important. Just like that bronze serpent was so important. When it was up on the pole when the people had a snake bite, but then all the years come and go, they make a God out of it. And the faith teaching, I'm a preacher of faith. Absolutely, faith, yes, we. I just said how important faith is, yes, but we don't make a God out of it, okay? Faith doesn't receive our worship, God does. You understand? And, 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 and prayer, thank God for prayer. Thank God for prayer. And, and we need to be people of prayer. And I, I've preached series on on prayer absolutely important but i've watched people and again if you've never pastored you probably don't know you wouldn't get this 
quite like if you've pastored, but I've watched people make a God out of prayer and the, the, the quote unquote intercessors and thank God for them. But there's some of them, they just, they, they drive it off in the ditch and they're just, I mean, they make a God out of prayer. And, and another one, while we're on it, worship. I've watched this. As important as worship is, is and, and all these things, faith, prayer, worship, bring great deliverance. But I've watched, just like with that serpent, you know, that bronze serpent, one at one time, just wonderfully brought wonderful deliverance, but people begin to worship it over time. I've watched worship. I've watched already. I, I remember being in in, in, in one uh, some some evangelist meeting many years ago, and 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 and, and when the time to worship came. The people, I mean, they rushed down to the stage and nothing wrong with that, but they were going through their, their different movements and this or that. And I just, the spirit of God dealt with my heart and I never said anything to anybody, but just watching it and in and, 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 and other places, as important as worship is, we don't make a God out of it. And I watch people, I've watched people make a God out of worship and, and I could talk for a long time on it. Just be careful that you don't do that. You know, that I could go on and on, but you know, your work, our job could become an idol to you. I've watched this many times. Isaiah 2 verse 8. Isaiah 2 verse 8. Isaiah the prophet said their land is also full of idols. And you see that. I This really made me think years ago. I, it's kind of fallen off now, I think. I don't watch it and never really did watch it. Maybe once or twice I might have watched a piece, part of it. But it was the American Idol, and many years ago came on television, and and and, and I never did like I never liked that title, American Idol. Never liked that title, and I never watched the show except just maybe just snippet here or there. But I, I I don't know that much about the show, so I, I won't say anything about the show. But I but I but but I don't like that title. I don't like it, American Idol. And I remember there was a lady in my church back there then, all those years ago, well over a decade or however long ago it is that it was, and this was coming on television, and I'll never forget it. She came up to me, and she looked me right in the eye, and she said, she said, I will not be, and she was love, loving, very nice lady, and she said, "I listen to this, she said to look me right in the eye, she said, I'll no longer be here at the midweek service. And I said, really? I said, why? And she said, because the American Idol my idols on television on the same night that we have church and you won't see me anymore. I have to stay home and watch my idol. Now, that was before, you know, the, the DVRs and all of that. I, I suppose she didn't have one where she could tape it. But nonetheless, that's what she told me. And, and to my knowledge, now I'm not saying this to be critical, but, but, but this woman always had problem with sickness and disease. But after she told me that it ramped up. And to my knowledge, I don't know if that woman's been, she, she, I, I bet you couldn't count on one hand the time she's been able to go to church over over a decade or more because she's always sick. Now, not because she did anything to me or didn't come to my church service or nothing like that. Absolutely not. But it's dangerous to put things up ahead of God. It has nothing to do with me or my church. It has to do with her position with the Lord. And she's a saved person. No question. That woman's going to heaven when she dies. No question. But oh, what it costs her in the here and the now. Absolutely. It costs her in the here and the now. Somebody that would stand in church. I love you, Jesus. But does she? I think you know the answer to that. Unless she's repented to my last I knew anything about it. She's anyway still sick and, and will be till the day she dies and goes to heaven unless she repents. Now let's move on. Serious subject, isn't it? It says, their land is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their 
own fingers have made. So, so, so talking about making idols and, 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 and worshiping the idols, but, but we can play on this word work. You got to be careful. I've watched a lot of people make a God out of their work. And their job, and we have, we need to have good jobs, and we need to be industrious, and we need to work. The Bible says if man doesn't work, he, he shouldn't eat, and all of that. But we gotta be watchful that we don't let anything get, become more important to us than God. We gotta watch, be careful about money. Gotta have it. Jimmy Stewart, he said it in A Wonderful Life. George Bailey, he told Clarence, the angel, he said, money comes, Aunt Clarence said, we don't use money in heaven. George Bailey said, it comes in pretty handy down here, bub. And it does. And you got to have it. You serve God. He'll bless you with it. Absolutely. But don't let it become more important to you than God. Many people, you see it in the Bible where people, God bless them. They, they, they serve in God. God bless them. And all of a sudden they take their eyes off God and over on the money and it costs them. Absolutely, they forget the Lord. You got to be careful about your house. I've watched Christians make a God out of their house about land and 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 their their lake home and and nothing wrong with any of these things. But if they're more important to you than God, cars. Come on now, cars. Let's cars and and you know need a good car. Sure, certainly I have a good car. Absolutely, but I love God more than I. I mean, you can get another car, but I love God. Come on, how about you? Huh? Car gets you from A to B, and nothing wrong with having a nice car. I have a good one, but, but, but my, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a god to me. No, not an idol to me. It gets me, it gets my fanny from point A to point B. <laughs> you know? Huh? Come on. But, but I, we keep God first. You understand? And uh, well, I can't resist jets. We got. Now I don't have a problem with jets. <laughs> I don't. But you know, I'm thinking. I, I'm all for preachers having jets. I have no problem with it. But you go, you got to be watchful. Be watchful of any preacher that's talking more about their jets than they are Jesus or talking a lot about their jets. I'm of the opinion, hey, if preachers need a jet, then they need a jet. That's wonderful. I just, my opinion for whatever it's worth, opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. I have a jet if you need a jet. I just, I just, you, there's no reason to go on and talk about it all the time. There's no reason to go on and raise money for it. Absolutely not. Be watchful of preachers that are raising money for their jet or talking about their jet. Be watchful of those preachers. Just be cautious. A word to the wise should be sufficient. I'm thinking about a certain minister that I know of, uh, uh, years ago. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful minister of the gospel and very, very excellent teacher and uh, of the Bible. And he got in with the hyper prosperity crowd. And the next thing you know, you go to his website and he's got a jet. You know, that's the main, that's the main thing he's got on his website. Well, just, well, I wonder if that's become an idol to him. I wonder, well, well, I don't want to, I have a hat that, that says, O on it, which means observer. So I observe and I don't want the hat with the J that means judge. So I'm going to stop there. <laughs> we ought to, you know, we don't want to become judgmental. But, but you know, you can make a God out of anything. You can make a God out of a jet. You can make a God out of a car, out of money, out of house, land, whatever. Come on now. Solomon. Solomon. So I don't want to be judgmental, but a word to the wise should be sufficient. Solomon, uh, he made idol. Let's just go on a little longer here. He made idols out of horses and chariots. I'm talking Solomon, the wisest man other than the Lord Jesus Christ that's ever lived. He had a problem in this area of idolatry. He broke the first two commandments. And if he can do it, how about you, you and me? God appeared to him twice. 
to boot on top of it. And he messed up in this area. Let's read just a little bit. I think you'll find it interesting. First Kings 10 verse 26. Going to read these verses out of the NIV, New International Version. Uh, so this is First Kings 10 26. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses, which he kept in the chariot cities. And he also, uh, which he kept in the chariot cities. And he also had, and also had, and also with him in Jerusalem. So he had a bunch, he had horses, chariots, 1,400 chariots, 12,000 horses. <laughs> Can you ride 12,000 horses at once? I, anyway, which he kept in the chariot cities and also with him in Jerusalem. Now think about that. But now that's 1 Kings 10, 26. Look at 1 Kings 11, next chapter, verse 1. But King Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Now, see, it wasn't because they were of a different nationality. It's because their heart was not after the Lord. That's why he warned them. That's why he warned Solomon about these women. Not because they had a different skin color or they were of a different nationality. It was because of their heart. I don't mean the blood pump. I mean their, their spirit, their, their heart condition, their, their, their beliefs and who, who they love. They didn't love the Lord God like Solomon did. And, and, and the Bible cautions us on that about not being unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And it was because they weren't believers, you see. That he, and God warned them. He said, from the nations of whom the Lord, he said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermar intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they'll, here it is, they'll turn your hearts away after, after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. I've watched people cling to their idols in love after, after the Holy Ghost has had me stand in a pulpit and lovingly warn, just speaking, speaking to the congregation generally, not embarrassing anybody, but just, and I've watched people warning them about their idols. You know, God's had me in a pulpit doing that and they just cling to their idols in love. Just like Solomon. And he had 700 wives, oh, geez, princesses and 300 concubines and his wife. By the way, while I'm on it, the will of God, and I could preach a whole message on this. The will of God is for one, is for a man to have one wife. Period. Okay. And I could preach you hours of Bible on that. All right. This wasn't the will of God to have multiple wives. And we could get in and talk for a while on it. But the bottom line is the, the will of God was to have one wife, man to have one wife, you know, now. I'm not talking about divorce and remarriage. I'm not getting into all that. But if, if the wife were to die, you know, nothing wrong with remarrying and the, or the husband to die, nothing wrong with the wife remarrying and much I could talk about it, marital unfaithfulness and divorce. I'm not getting into all that, but it's not what I'm trying to say. It's not God's will to have, you know, multiple wives and concubines. And <laughs> I mean, it just isn't. And it messed Solomon up. For it was so, verse 4, when Solomon was old, that his wives turned his heart after other gods. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after Ashtaroth and the goddess of the Sinaitans, and after Milcom and the abomination of the Ammonites. Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord. Think about this. 
the wisest man ever lived next to Jesus and did not fully follow the Lord as did his father David. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the people of Ammon. He did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. That makes me angry when I see Solomon doing that. Verse 9, so the Lord became angry. Well, I'm in good company, but I'm not to judge. God's a judge, but God got angry. You know, you could be angry and sin not. And, and, and the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. Think about that. God appeared to him twice and he still goofed up. Warned him about it and he still goofed up. Didn't say an angel appeared to him. God appeared to him twice. He still goofed up. Boy, if that could happen to him, we got to be on guard ourselves don't we and uh, verse 10 and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods but he did not keep what the Lord had commanded we're talking about keeping the commandments aren't we aren't we wow let's stop and just think about that one for a minute shouldn't we with Solomon my 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 in addition to the idols I've talked about here People can make idols out of athletes, celebrities, TV preachers, fame, uh, pets. I've watched people make gods out of their pets, where their pets are more important to them than the Lord. I, nothing wrong with having pets, loving your pet. Absolutely, I'm all for it. But I, I don't have any pets. I've, I've never been a pet person, but I'm just, you know, you know what I mean? I've just, and my wife either, but we're not, we're not against that. We think that's wonderful, but there's people that love their dogs more than they love Jesus. Absolutely the truth. This was a big, uh, this took me a while to recover years ago when I got, first got in the ministry and for the first several years. I mean, and I, I haven't fully recovered yet. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I've almost completely recovered. Still about 2% to go. But what shocked me is when I saw how many Christians love other things more than they love Jesus. And they'll stand there in church. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. But, but they, they love their animals. They love their, their job, whatever it is. Sports. Uh, I mean, <laughs> did you know in, in India they worship cows while people starve to death? Did you know that? I mean... They, they put, they make a God out of cows. I mean, you can't make a God out of anything. You shouldn't, but people do. Some people, it's their parents. Hey, we need to take care of our parents. One of the commandments is honor your father and your mother, but you don't make a God out of them. Your spouse, even people would make God out of their spouse, out of their children. As much as we ought to love our spouse, love our children, we shouldn't make gods out of them. And, and in other words, they shouldn't be more important to us than, than the Lord. I know in Luke 14, 26, Jesus said, if any man come to me and does not by comparison hate his father, mother, wife, children, and brethren and sisters, yea, his own life also, he can't be my disciple. See, we ought to love our mother. We ought to love our father. We ought to love our wife. We, you know, a wife ought to love her husband. We ought to love our children. We ought to love our, you know, we, we should, and we should, should love our pets and, and, and all, you know, and, and, and all of these things. <laughs> But but if we compared, like, let's just take my wife. I love my wife with all of my heart. But I should love Jesus so much more that if you compared how much I love Jesus with how much I love my wife, it should, it should look like I hate my wife. 
you know. Now, I don't hate my wife. This is kind of it, it, the way the King James words this. It's very, it causes some confusion to people. But, but when you study into it, he's not saying I should hate my wife or children. What he's saying is, is that I should love Jesus so much more than my wife that if you compared the two loves, it almost looks like I hate my wife compared to how much I love him. That's what he's saying there. So we should love all these people but we should love Jesus more. Absolutely. Because you see, if we don't, we can, they can become more important to us than, than, than him. And, and, and you gotta, you gotta, you just, you over idolatry and it's a mess. You know, I'll close by saying this. You might as well repent. If you've broken those first two commandments, repent, repent. You know, it, it, the Bible says that if we'll confess our sins and the implication there is, is that we repent and confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, 9. So if you've missed it with the idols, repent. Because let me tell you something, the idols aren't going to stand. In the end, those idols are going to fall. So you might as well judge yourself. Put If we judge yourself, we'll not be judged. The Bible says put those idols away, put them in the proper perspective where they need to be, like if golf has become your God, you know, put it, put it back on the proper priority down, down on the list and keep God first and then your spouse and then your children and then, you know, these other things after that. You understand. Sooner or later, if you don't, it's going to, it's going to cost you. And the idols won't stand. I think of 1 Samuel, the fifth chapter, as I close, where the Philistines, they had gotten the Ark of the Covenant. They got the Ark of God. They brought it into the house of Dagon, which was their their, their Philistine god. It was like half fish or I don't know. Anyway, half the bottom half was like a fish and top half was a man. Anyway, but but they set they set the Ark of the Covenant next to their idol. And remember the next morning when they came in, their idol Dagon was knocked to the floor. So they set that idol back up next to the Ark of the Covenant. Next day they come in, they come in there in the morning and that Dagon is, he's fallen on the floor again. Only this time his head and his hands are are chopped off. See, the idol fell and the idols will fall. They'll ultimately fall. So, hey, and, and they'll take you down with it. They'll take you down with them. Absolutely they will. I've watched it. Don't let it happen to you. Judge yourself. Get yourself in line with those first two commandments. Keep God first. Don't let anything come up in front of him. And, uh, and, 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 and if you love Jesus, you won't break those first two commandments or any of them. I like what Psalm 20 says, verse 7 and 8 says, Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Solomon did that. Thank God, I think he repented. You can read the book of, uh, I think it is Ecclesiastes, right there at the end. You can see, I think he repented. Thank God he did. I'm convinced that Solomon repented. Thank God he did. But uh, but he there was a day he trusted in chariots. He was trusting in the Lord. But all of a sudden now he's trusting chariots, horses. But we'll remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen. And idols will ball, they'll bow down. They'll, they'll fall. They'll go down. And the people that worship idols will go down with their idols. Absolutely. But we're going to remember the name of the Lord our God. In the Bible, let me just read this. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. We'll remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. So the idols will fall, and if we continue to cling to them, we'll fall with them. But let's let's give up those idols. Let's worship Jesus. Keep him first. As I've said, keep those first two commandments. Let's, let's, let's be keepers of the first two commandments as well as the other eight. Glory to God. And, and, and we'll stay, we'll rise, we'll stand strong. Can you say amen?
Well, glory to God. I hope this blessed you today. I'll continue with this next week. We'll pick up with the third commandment, move on from there. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, I want to encourage you to repent of your sins and turn your life over to Jesus. Call on him, receive him as your savior. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Call on Jesus, receive him now. Hey, one day you'll miss, you'll miss hell when you die and you'll make heaven. Glory to God. And he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. So, hey, I'll see you next week. God bless you. And, hey, a little assignment for you. Memorize the Ten Commandments. If you haven't done that, memorize them. Do that, all right? That's your assignment for this series. God bless you. See you next time. Bye-bye.